The views and opinions expressed in this program by the host or guests do not state or reflect those of the company, its management sponsors, or any entities they represent. Oh, it's lit. <laughs> we prime time. <laughs> Subscribe, like, and share. <laughs> Give us your feedback. Yo, I'm Manny at the plate and Kobe off a steal. Rescue for the goal and Brady at the wheel. I'm a game changer. The Osaka of the tennis and breaking scoreboard. Simone of the Olympics. Defense and big business. The Mayweather who way better. From the greatness of Jim Brown, I bend down. Talk of sports before I was off the porch. Screaming bow nose while Jordan was playing horse. Late 80s getting torched by the drive in the shot. 2016 got a ring off the three in the block. They ease to forgot. The cardiac kids. Price and Doherty. Bail in the Indian years. This who it is. Your host D Train. Yo, that's a name banger. Come in the streets and talk sports with the game changer. Yo, your host D Train. That's a name banger. Come in the streets and talk sports with the game changer. D Trent, Game Changer Sports Talk, Industry Sports. Man, what's really, really good? You know what I'm saying? It's, you know, it's been a couple of days since I talked to you. You know, it's August 1st, 2022. You know, the first day of the hottest month of the year. Okay. Um, we've been waiting for you know, certain things that happen um, in sports, certain decisions, certain transactions and things like that. And uh, I think the day has arrived. I think we are now at that point uh, where we know what is going on with selective situations. I know I just seem a little facetious right now. You know, I'm just getting my share on y'all. For anybody or wherever y'all joining in from it's a pleasure to have you we're streaming from all you know multiple uh streaming platforms as usual all right um but before i get into uh, things that we've been anxious to hear uh let me give you something that we probably we we're, we're not anxious to say um i want to give a a moment of silence a rest up uh to mr bill russell uh nba icon um a, a black man icon um a father a philanthropist a, a pioneer a leader a champion uh just just probably just one of the most um precious gems um in our culture uh into this world uh a man who you know, was drafted into crazy circumstances um, during a time when, you know, uh, people who looked like us wasn't really accepted when it came to sports, uh, even though we really dominated. Uh, and this gentleman dominated for years. He is the only player um, in history right now that has more rings than he has fingers, uh, 11 and 13 years. Um, he is a multiple time MVP, a guy who's played 40 plus thousand minutes, um, who's, you know, made, you know, hold on, let me, let me go back to this. I'm sorry, y'all. Uh, you know, 40,000 plus minutes, a guy who's put up uh, 
21,000 plus rebounds, uh, 15,000 plus points, uh, made 20 plus field goals. Um, this guy is a uh, greatness personified. <laughs> to, to take a, a, a from my, my boy Stephen A, uh, he, he's greatness personified. Uh, from 1934 to 2022, uh, a guy who was from uh, Monroe, Louisiana. Uh, you know, he, he spent his final times in uh, Mercer Island, Washington State. Uh, but Bill Russell was just the man's man's, the champion's champions, the leader of leaders. You know, a guy who who wasn't really the most offensively talented guy, but defensively as an anchor. As a uh, as a force to be reckoned with, um, you know, and could impact the game without necessarily putting it in the hoop. Uh, Bill Russell was amazing. Um, we're going to miss you, my guy, but your legacy is going to live way beyond even us. Um, you know, you've transcended the game at that point in your life. You went against some of the best. You played with some of the best. Um, you've tutored. Uh, nurtured and dropped jewels on on the rest, uh, Mr. Bill Russell. It, it is, it was a pleasure um, to have even got to live a little bit of life with you still breathing, my man. Uh, so, you know, uh, we send our best blessings and our, our best wishes to his family and friends, and uh, and just know he's he's cherished among the uh, millions of us, and his legacy is going to live on for a long time. Um. You know, I ain't gonna I ain't gonna go too crazy on it. Um, but you know, I, I didn't get to see Bill Russell play. Um, it's not something I particularly witnessed. I've seen, you know, a few game tapes here and there. Um, but you know, you can always measure the impact of somebody about how other people talk about them. And I don't care uh what background you're from, uh what part of the world you're from, uh, if you've witnessed this man in any capacity. Uh, you've seen why he's great. Uh, so, you know, um, definitely our best blessings to the Boston fan base. Uh, you know, he probably didn't get the best treatment while he was there, but he's definitely heralded as, as, as one of the greatest, you know. Um, with that said, we're going to have to get into the news of the day. Um, there is no secret what the news of the day is. Um, and we back to these Cleveland Browns. <laughs> Deshaun Watson, after two plus years of back and forth, of back and forth, we have a resolution. The Cleveland Browns, after years and years and years, of needing to find an answer at this position. Uh, <laughs> uh, at the leader of this position, um, we finally have an answer. Uh, so, Sue Robinson, a federal judge, Miss Sue Robinson, has ruled her verdict. Uh, now, there were talks that she was going to rule last week, but she didn't. She ruled this week. Um, I think she had her decision last week. Um, she might even had her decision way before the two weeks she had was up. Um, I think she extended a week 
to allow to see if they could hash it out themselves because she's supposed to be, you know, like the the fail safe that lasts, you know. So if the NFL PA and Deshaun Watson's cap couldn't work out some type of settlement with the owners and the NFL, whatever, uh, then it's down to her ruling. And that's what we are. Um, the NFL PA dropped a statement last night. Um, I'm assuming with support of Watson's cap that whatever Sue Robinson was going to decide, uh, they weren't going to try to do any type of appeal or anything for it. Um, and I think that's just one of those things where we just want to let this die. It's been dragged out way too long, uh, and we need to get this thing over with. I, again, I think she's probably informed both sides um, what the ruling was going to be probably the end of last week, I would say Thursday, um, which is why most people thought the statement was going to come out Friday. But I think she just still gave him the weekend. And, you know, and that's understandable, man. You try to give both sides a chance to hash it out on their own before you take over. Uh, so her statement, uh, and this is from. This is the NFL statement right here. They they dropped their statement first and then she dropped hers. I'll put her statement up after the NFL. Okay. So the NFL statement is, we thank Judge Sue L. Robinson, the independent disciplinary officer, for her review of the voluminous record and attention during a three-day hearing that resulted in her finding multiple violations of the NFL personal conduct policy by Deshaun Watson. We appreciate Judge Robinson's diligence and professionalism throughout this process. Pursuant to the collective bargaining agreement, the NFL or the NFL PA on the behalf of Watson may appeal the decision within three days. In light of her finding, the league is reviewing Judge Robinson in position of a six-game suspension and will make a determination on the next steps. So, so you as I was saying, I'm about to say you want wait, to talk wait, wait. about that first. Yeah, I'm gonna talk about this first. Before I put her statement up, all right. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to let you know when to put her statement up. Um, so with the NFL PA saying they're going to stick with the decision, whatever she came down with, um, and now the NFL saying they will make a determination on the next steps, all right? And for those that don't understand why they were worded this way, it is because in the collective bargaining agreement, to my knowledge, if she gives any disciplinary action, the NFL or Roger Cadell could do virtually do whatever he wants because this is just a recommendation. Um, and that's why when we get to her statement, you'll see her wording. Um, but the NFL has been trying to push for 12 games. They want to suspend him eight mil. I mean, uh, fine him eight mil for the, for the uh, money he made last year. Uh, this year, if this six-game suspension holds up, it seems like it is. We're going to get to that in a second. Um, then he'll only be fined like you know, like four hundred, five hundred thousand um, dollars for this season. Um, and you know, we're going to see what the NFL does. But the NFL has a quite a few other situations that they need to attend to. Uh, particularly pertaining to their owners. Um, so I don't know if they're going to try to appeal and push the envelope on this one. Also, if they do change her ruling, which makes all her hard work um, irrelevant, 
then the NFLPA has already came out and said they're going to sue the NFL. Now, the NFL is already being sued from multiple angles, from a few current employees, you know what I'm saying, uh, ex-employees, and they're under an investigation by Congress themselves. Um, I just don't think that they're going to try to push the envelope on this situation. I just, I really don't, um, I don't see how it will work in their favor to do that and make even more of a mess out of something uh, that should have been kind of clear cut. Um, another thing is too is the NFL has to remember that they're not the law. The NFL is not law enforcement. They can't put nobody in jail. They can't arrest nobody. They got to call somebody to actually do those things. So the way they go about trying to pass judgment on these disciplinary acts and all that, like y'all got to stop acting like y'all somebody father. That's just my opinion. You know what I mean? Um, you you're making smoke where there isn't a fire, which allows people to think, oh, where there's smoke, there's fire. Like not all the time, bro. You feel what I'm saying? Sometimes people could just throw some powder in the air and the shit just look like smoke. You know what I'm saying? Because it resembles smoke don't mean it is. This is all I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? People blow things out of proportion. Bro, let's go ahead and go to her um, her statement. So we're going to read what Miss Sue Robinson um, said specifically. And then uh, we'll, 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 we'll break that down. Uh, So, the NFL may be a for-fixing organization. Wait, wait. That's not clear, though, bro. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, just go um on the on the Twitter page. I posted it on the on the Twitter page. So yeah, I'm about you, to go. you can see it better on your phone, probably. Yeah, I'm about to go ahead and do that, y'all. You know what I'm saying? Industry, sports, game changer, sports talk. You know what I'm saying? That's what we're doing. Okay. Sue Robinson says, the NFL may be a forward-facing organization, but it is not necessarily a forward-looking one. Just as the NFL responded to violent conduct after a public outcry, so it seems the NFL is responding to yet another public outcry about Mr. Watson's conduct. At least in the former situation, the policy was changed and appealed proactively. Here, the NFL is attempting to impose a more dramatic shift in its culture without the benefit of fair notice to and consistency of consequence for those in the NFL subject to the policy. Looking at the record when compared to the relevant presidents and looking forward to how this disciplinary determination might be used in the future, I find the most appropriate, appropriate landing place to be as follows. Mr. Watson is hereby suspended for six regular season games without pay. Although this is the most significant punishment ever imposed on an NFL player for allegations of non-violent sexual conduct, Mr. Watson's pattern of conduct is more egregious than any before reviews in the NFL. Recognizing that only discipline mentioned in the CBA is a fine or suspension, I never, nevertheless believe it appropriate for Mr. Watson Watson to limit his massage therapy to club-directed sessions and club-approved massage therapists for the duration of his career, and so impose this mandate as a condition of his reinstatement. 
Mr. Watson is to have no adverse involvement with law enforcement or must not commit any additional violations of the policy. Okay. She said a lot right there. Industry sports, game changer sports talk with D Trent. We streaming on Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, you know what I'm saying? Um, Twitter, you know, follow us on Instagram. Um, first, first and foremost, let me say, Miss um, Sue Robinson was really thorough with this explanation. Okay. She, the first sentence, right? Let's get into this first sentence. The NFL may be a forward-facing organization, but it is not necessarily a forward-looking one, all right? Forward-facing, but forward-looking. So, to me, that says y'all can't tell the forwards from the trees, all right? Which is She's saying, like, not, bro. As soon as I even though y'all look, look Huh? I said, so said that I bust out laughing. Like, oh, she on it. <laughs> Do your thing, man. Yeah, she on it. Like, basically, like, so that statement says that y'all are not fair um, with the punishments. That's what the first, y'all forward-facing. Y'all looking in the right direction. Hey, listen, we ain't steps in this. We ain't letting this. We ain't doing this. But you're not setting as forward looking, you're not setting a president that's consistent and worthy of being followed after. That's what I took from the very first statement of what she said. All right. Uh hold on, hold on, y'all, hold on, y'all, hold on, y'all. Hold on, y'all. Cause I'm this 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 so baby. So baby. So first shout out to uh Miss uh Sue L. Robinson. Um we appreciate. Uh, as a as a Browns fan, uh, as a guy who's um, you know been following the game uh, for a long time, a guy who aspired to be uh, a lawyer at one point in time, uh, I can really appreciate her word and her time and her due diligence and her professionalism. Just as Roger Goodell stated, or the NFL stated in their in their thing. The next line, just as the NFL responded to violent conduct after a public outcry, so it seems the NFL is responding to yet another public outcry about Mr. Watson's conduct. Meaning, and I'll, and I'll get into, the media said it was 66 masseuses in 68 weeks. He violated 20-something masseuses that actually came forward but it was more like 40 but it was like 18 to 20 of them who spoke highly on his behalf when the nfl actually took the argument to miss robinson they only had four cases so how do you just in that how do you go from 66 that you publicized you only end up with four that you actually tried to crucify him for. And inevitably, you still didn't prove what you were accusing because what you were trying to insinuate was rape or sexual assault or some type of aggression that made these females feel like it was do what I say or else. 
But when you got into the details of the situations, none of those things happened. Me personally, I just said they were trying. Listen, the way I was taught is when you pay money and a sexual interaction is involved, that is a form of something illegal. Okay? I don't care what profession you're in or what you're doing. When money is, when currency is exchanged for a certain desire, that is in the realms of illegal. All right? So I will always say, who's more guiltier? The buyer or the seller? That's just me. All right? But with all that being said, and they came to do all that, Miss Miss Robinson recognizes that you're only responding or trying to. I ain't gonna say incriminate because they did all that with all the bullshit slander, um, but you're trying to penalize him for something that you have no grounds to penalize him for. As I was saying, the NFL tries to act like they're the law and they're not. So she was basically telling them that, like, y'all not the law. I'm part of the law. I'm actually the law. You're not the law. But I do understand the president you're trying to set, but you're not the law. All right. So then she goes on to say, at least in the former situation, the policy was changed in a proactively, which is means before she was brought in in a CBA as an arbitrator, they did whatever they did. All right. Here, the NFL is attempting to oppose a more dramatic shift in its culture with the, without the benefit of fair notice to and consistency of consequence for those in the NFL subject to its policy. That is a big line, which means, right, you're not holding everybody subjected to the NFL conduct rule to the standard. You're not consistent. In a nutshell, how was you trying to overpenalize Deshaun Watson, but you hasn't penalized his bosses who've done way more egregious crimes? All right. Kraft, Snyder, Brown, um, or not not Brown, I'm sorry, because Brown wouldn't insinuate uh Cincinnati, not Cincinnati. I'm talking about uh the Texans owner, Miami's owner, all right few other owners jerry jones all right you haven't disciplined none of these guys per se but you want to over penalize this guy we're not doing that all right this is this is what this first paragraph says i see what y'all doing in the nfl i understand what y'all trying to do but the way y'all going about it is not only differential treatment and inconsistent but you're also overstepping your bounds as to what your company can do. You know what I'm saying? What your company's trying to do versus what it actually can do when it comes to penalizing and punishing your personnel. All right. So in the second paragraph, she say, looking at the record when compared to a relevant president and looking forward to how the disciplinary determination might be used in the future. I find the most appropriate landing place to be as follows. So to bring both of these to a nutshell, right? I see what y'all are doing. But if you want it done right, 
this is how it actually should be done. This is how it's actually gonna go. Oh yeah, let me hold on. Let me bring up the chat. My fault, y'all. Day day, what's good? Black man, what's popping, my man? Um, so you know, so she's like, this is what she thinks should happen. Deshaun Watson should be suspended six games. His his masseuse usage is limited. That means for the rest of his NFL playing career, he can only use NFL, NFL prescribed masseuses for the rest of his career. All right. Which shouldn't bother him because he's married now. All right. Also, he cannot break. Um, he is to not have any situations with law enforcement. Um and must not commit any additional violations to the con to the uh, uh to the policy. So basically, bro, you just gotta straighten up and fly right the whole rest of your career. All right. If you get caught for a speeding ticket, if you get caught jaywalking, um, anything, bro, I'm sorry. Now, I think that's a little excessive, personally, but. I ain't going to knock her because she held everybody accountable. You know what I'm saying? I'm not even mad at her ruling of six games because of her wording. You're not being penalized for the act that you're being accused of because you didn't do nothing that don't nobody else do. So I'm not going to hold you to a standard that's not really real. All right. But however... How you went about that shit, though, I don't condone. That's she saying. How you went about it, I do not condone. Um, you know, especially being in the position you are, being the type of guy you are. Um, I, 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 you know, I, I respect that. I respect that. I respect that. Um, so, with that being said, Deshaun Watson will not play until week six. Bro, can I get you to bring that schedule up for me? Bring that brown schedule up for me one time, um, and we can start talking about this. Because, for one, while we waiting on that, let's talk about all these people talking about some Deshaun Watson deserve a year. Deshaun Watson should get 18 games. Well, he sat out all last season, and that was 17 games. Now he's sitting out another six games. So that's 23 games. Now. The NFL might do some shit like still try to find him the eight mil. But I think if they do that, it's a possibility the NFL PA going to try to sue him. And I don't think they want that. I don't think they want no issues with the NFL PA because the NFL PA can use a lot more things to, to plead their case on that level um than what they use um with this arbitration thing um and listen when you start messing with the federal government bro i don't care who you is you don't play with the federal government bro dang fbi cia federal judge you don't play with them bro because when they throw the book at you it ain't no it ain't you ain't got enough life to read them pages Nobody has enough life to read those pages that what the federal government going to throw at you. You feel what I'm saying? Um, 
you know what I mean? Just get my share on on this other media site, y'all. Um, let's let's. So Deshaun is out until mid October. Um, Jacoby Brissett, uh, Jacoby Brisket, as some of my homies call him, which is funny. Um, no disrespect to Jacoby, though. That we don't say that to be rude. Um, but you know, it just kind of hint towards what we feel like you should or could be able to do um, with these six games, because these six game stretch is not just about Jacoby Brissett operating. Um, the Browns. Um, he has something to play for in his career. Jacoby Brissett can use this to take a talented team, make them look really good while they're waiting on a guy who's really going to uh, run their team, um, and then put himself in a position to get paid next year. I got the schedule uh, up there, bro. I see you. I was on. Uh, I'm. I was sharing it on on, on the uh, FB. Okay. Um, what if Brissett do his thing? What if what if he go five and one? Then what? So, so listen, I'm gonna be very honest with y'all. If Brissett go five and one, knowing that the uh NFL uh trading deadline would be like that week nine, um Jacoby Brissett can get traded. If he go five and one and he's looking really good, um, and somebody has a quarterback who isn't playing well or, you know, forbid gets injured for any amount of time and Jacoby's playing well, somebody's going to want to trade for him. It wouldn't be ideal unless you ran like a similar offense or type of scheme that they running. Um, but I mean, it's possible because we just seen Stranger Things. Um, but if worst case scenario, he plays well. Um, and let's just say the Browns do something like, even though Deshaun could play week seven, they just going to let Jacoby ride it out till week eight, through week eight, because we got the bye week, week nine. Um, and it still would be, well, what, eight games left? Was that nine games left? It'd still be nine games left. So let let's let's talk about Jacoby excelling, ex, exceeding expectations. Where my drink at? I got my drink in my cup. So Jacoby will play what could be Baker Mayfield, will possibly in Week One, right? Um, first off, hold on. Before I start talking about what Jacoby Brissett can do and what he possibly going to do, I got to talk about what the Browns going to do schematically to get through these six to eight games. I had to take a little drink right quick. All right. So what do we know? About the Browns right now. The Browns have five running backs, right? Who can all catch out the backfield. But at least two of them 
could actually play a little receiver out the backfield or line up as a receiver and really do damage. Why is that relevant? Well, the Browns come into training camp with eight receivers. Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Anthony Schwartz, David Bell, uh, Jakeem Grant, Michael Woods II, Mike Hartley Jr., uh, Isaiah Weston, and nine, so in Jamarcus Bradley. Oh, since train since the day before training camp to present day, David Bell has went down, Anthony Schwartz has went down, and Isaiah Weston may be lost for the season. I'm now a lot of us had a lot of high hopes for Isaiah Weston, so this could be a gift. This could be like the gift and the curse, you know, a blessing in disguise. Not that he was injured. Um, I hopefully his injury is not too crazy that he can't recover from. But that leaves him on ice for us at least till next season as we see how this receiver room shape out this year. Um, Anthony Schwartz had a sprain. Um, so he's kind of more like day-to-day. Um, but Anthony, the problem with Anthony Schwartz is a lot of his injuries had him day-to-day last year. So seeing how he might play this year, you know, got a lot of people skeptical. David Bell, people have high hopes for. He doesn't necessarily have to rush to come back. He has to come back all the way healthy. So when he gets acclimated, he can play. Um, It's probably more pressure on Swartz to show that he could play, being that this is second year in the system. Versus David Bell, who just got here a couple months ago. Um, However, with those three down, right? That means Donovan Peoples-Jones is number two, and it's his position to lose. Um, However, too, though, guys like Michael Woods Jr., who's been getting a lot of praise. A guy like Mike Hartley. uh, uh, Michael Woods II. Mike Hartley Jr. Um, guys who can get played. Jamarcus Bradley, a guy who's been here for a while. He could break out. He could be like our Cordero Hodge. Um, but right now, it is very much opportunity for the wide receivers to get some play. For sure, for sure. Um, uh, I just read this text. I'm sorry, y'all. Um, but with the Browns having five running backs and the two tight ends they got with the two receivers, I want y'all to understand something. The Browns with Jacoby Brissett on this offense, we just talked about the offense, they don't have to come do nothing spectacular. Okay? The Browns have a very good running game. Jacoby Brissett is going to get easy throws, right? What I mean is, if you watch Kevin Stefanski and how he schemes, he can scheme receivers open. All a quarterback has to do is put the ball where it needs to be on time. This is it, all right? But having Jakeem Grant, having two running backs, having two tight ends, 
even in this wide open league. The one thing Jacoby Brissett can do, and I think you'll see a lot of, is RPOs. A lot of RPOs. Because Jacoby, a big boy. He like 6'4", 6'5", like he like 230, 240, like he a big boy. So he can run. You know what I'm saying? He can run really good. Like he ain't got the wheels wheels, but he could definitely do damage. Um, also, uh, you know, David Njoku, you know, because one thing I know about football, right, is when you got a nice running game, the person who could benefit directly the most outside of the quarterback and the offensive line uh, is the tight end because the running back sucks the linebackers up. So when you got a good tight end, he can get over the top because that play action going to hold him. And now as long as your tight end do his job and he get the ball, he's a threat. Um, also with your play action, if they start hitting on a tight end, you got a number one receiver that could really get open. So that's another easy read. Now, when you get to the secondary levels, like throwing into a Donovan Peoples-Jones, who would probably be the third option on the play, or doing a check down, whether it's to a Hunt or it's to a Chubb or it's to a Harrison Bryant, however they run that. This is where Jacoby is going to need to excel. This is where he's going to have to be really good Um, in noticing that, okay, that's not open. That's not open. Give it to my check down early. Get the ball to my playmaker at a a speedy in a speedy type of time so they can make plays after the catch. Because yak yards is really going to be what helps this team through this first six games. Now, with these games, the first game is the Panthers. The second game is the Jets. The third game is the Steelers. All right. If Jacoby come out this two and one, he's really that's phenomenal. If he comes out three and oh, that's amazing. All right. It's not unrealistic. It's not why I'm wording it like that. I'm just saying from his perspective, that's great. If he comes out here one and two, that's actually to be expected. Um, if it's if it's coming down to him. It's coming to be expected. If he goes 0-3, that is a problem. And that's a problem not just for him, but for the entire Browns team. None of us really expect that to happen, but we just got to put that out there so you know it is what it is. In my opinion, Jacoby should go 3-0. He should go 3-0. All right? He should be able to actually start off 4-0. And I'm going to tell you why. Because outside of maybe the Jets and the Steelers, nobody really has a front seven that can really compete with our with our with our front seven in the trenches um, offensively. Um, the real the real game is going to be when you go against the Chargers and the Patriots. For one. He used to play, Jacoby Brissett used to play for the Patriots, and that would technically could be his last game as a starter. Uh, so that'll be interesting. That'll be a good redemption game for him to get a win. However, that's going to be a tough win because we're talking about Bill Belichick team with all his defense back and some more pieces on his offense that's going into their second year together. Um, 
the Chargers, the Chargers, who they had played a week before that, week five, the Chargers fire. We already know what that defense do. Uh, Bosa, Khalil Mack, you know what I'm saying, J.C. Jackson, um, Asante Samuel Jr., um, Darwin James. Uh, you know, they're just as talented as Cleveland's defense, um, to a large degree anyway. I don't know if they're as deep, because I don't know if anybody got the depth we got on defense, but they do have the pieces for sure. So that's going to be a real interesting game. Uh, can Jacoby outdoed Justin Herb Justin Herbert. I mean, right now we like, oh hell no, but we gotta really see how training camp go. Um, because and let's and let's let's talk about training camp for a minute. Like I say, this I'm D Trent, this game changes sports talk in the street sports, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, sending shouts out, um, rest ups to Bill Russell, um, talking to Sean Watson, uh verdict, and uh what the future holds for the Cleveland Browns right now. Uh, beginning the training camp, I think. Uh, so, previously I was saying I wouldn't let Deshaun play the first game. Um, but this is when I was under the impression he may only get zero games. All right. Now, you can call me delusional. I ain't tripping. I'll wear that. But I just didn't feel like he deserved no games. He already said out last year. Like I say, Sue Robinson explained it well, so I don't I don't have no nothing to, you know, I, I liked it. Um but now with with what it is, I feel like Jacoby Brissett is probably gonna play the majority of the first game. Deshaun Watson might play the first quarter. I highly doubt it. I think He's going to play one possession. They're going to do him like they did Baker last. They're going to let him play one possession. And if they just so happen to score on the first play or the first two plays or something, then he might play two possessions. Um, but, you know, I think five to ten plays is his max uh, with that first unit, period. Um, and then I think the first unit is still going to play with Jacoby. Now, Stefanski might do something like play a blend of first and second second unit guys and let Jacoby get his feel because in the season, he's going to play with a rotation of first and second guys. That's, that's for sure. He's definitely going to play with the first and second guys because the way the Browns utilize them, everybody gets to play at some point depending on the situation of package. Um. But I, I definitely see him playing the major the the rest the half of the first quarter, the second quarter, and the third quarter, majority of it. Um nah, cause I gotta remember they got Josh Rosen too. Um so I think I think Deshaun plays one series. They gonna they gonna keep the format. Deshaun plays one series. Jacoby gonna play the first and the the rest of the first and the second quarter. Josh Dobbs gonna play the third quarter, and Josh Rosen gonna play the fourth quarter. That's how it's gonna go in the Jacksonville game, um, which is next Friday, I think. Next Friday, not this Friday, but next Friday. Um, I think in the second game, 
I think Deshaun Watson only plays maybe a couple more plays than he played in the first game. But I think Jacoby going to play a lot in the second game. And Jacoby's going to play the majority of the third game. Um, now, the first game, because, because of how it's structured with only three games, though, I think Jacoby might only play the first quarter, too. They might bring Deshaun in with the first unit for a couple plays, then let Jacoby run with the first unit for the rest of the first quarter, and then let Josh Dobbs and, and Josh Rosen play a lot in that first game because you need to establish which one of them is going to be the backup, um, if not both of them. And you also need to see which other player is going to play. So, uh, so the second game, though, I think it's going to be a lot of focus on Jacoby. And I think the third game, um, in the third game, it might only be Deshaun and Jacoby play. Because I think in the third game, they're probably going to run Deshaun like the whole first quarter and maybe even the whole first half. Even though he not playing in the season, they're probably going to get want to get some type of uh, footage. So. Jacoby can see how Deshaun run the team. And that way he'll have an idea of how his talents will help them run the team and keep everything juiced up for when Deshaun actually returns. Um, now, this is all me speculating. You know, I don't know. I'm just going off what I think is possible, what sounds logical. Um, but you never know, man. The Browns could do whatever they want to do, however they want to do it. Um, I'm glad that we got a verdict, first off. I don't want to hear no more talk about Deshaun Watson's suspension. I'm tuning out conversations. He got six games. It's over. All right. The only way it ain't over is if the NFL do an add-on and they try to do all this old extra stuff. But at the end of the day, ooh. But at the end of the day, um, it is what it is. So. I want to talk about this defense. Hold on right quick, though, y'all. Hold up. I just got that notification. You feel me? That tells me I need to be a little more aware of what's going on around. All right? Um, I got to say this again, though. Before I before I start talking about the Browns defense, I got to say this again. Miss Sue Robinson, thank you. I I just feel like I need to say this. Thank you from a from a genuine diehard Browns fan. Thank you. Thank you for your explanation. Thank you for your due diligence. Thank you for your wording. Um. You know, a lot of people, you know, perception is everything. Um, but if you understand what she wrote, she held everybody accountable to 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 the degree that she could for the positions he, she's in with the respect to her profession, um, her her pedigree, um, and her role uh in, in this situation. 
I just want to say thank you. I, I feel like I, I, I feel like you did an amazing job, personally. Browns defense, which is going to have to carry the team. Why do I say that? Because the offense, right, with Jacoby, Jacoby ain't going to get a lot of respect in the first couple games unless he come out and ball out. So it's going to be a lot of tension on the running backs, you know what I'm saying, that offensive line. And uh, we're going to see how the receiving, how the passing game is elevated um, and how the play call differs. But that defense is going to have to show up from go. From go. The first two games, I ain't going to say they gimme games because everybody in the NFL is tough on any given Sunday. But those are two games where the opposing offense should look non-existent. So there are going to be a lot of eyes on defensive coordinator Joe Woods for this first third of the season. All right, and I'm going to say third because it's 18 weeks. For this first third of the season, you're going to be under a lot. I'm talking about all eyes on you, bruh. Miles Garrett and Davian Clowney in year two has to hit the ground running. You know what I'm saying? That secondary in year two has to look formidable. It should literally come down to how the linebacking core and how the defensive tackles play around the stars around them. And a lot of that is going to have to do with how Joe Woods calls the games. Um, and what I'm specifically looking for is allowing your defensive playmakers to impact the game. Whatever schemes you run, should include a Miles getting to the quarterback, a Jadavian playing cleanup, a JOK and Jacob Phillips being able to play in space with alongside a, 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 a John Johnson the third, a Grant Delpit, a, 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 a Greg Newsom, a Greedy Williams being able to cover whoever alongside um, Denzel Ward. You know, I want to see a more aggressive Sione Taki Taki. I want to see a more explosive hidden uh, Anthony Walker Jr. Uh, these are the things I would like to see highlighted in these first six games. I want to see it in training camp, but training camp don't count for the stats. So, you know, I want to see this when the regular season hits around for sure. And I feel like those first two games give you a lot of leeway to call a lot of, take a lot of risk in the beginning of the season. That's when you want to take your risk. So that way you got footage to look at throughout the duration. You know what I'm saying? Um, oh, not Amar Rashad, though. Okay. Um, so, listen. I'm excited. Browns open up against Jacksonville training camp. I mean, uh, preseason, August 12th, down here in Florida and Jacksonville. It's very possible I could be at the game. I don't know yet. We're going to see. Um, but I'm excited, bro. I'm excited. You know what I mean? No more suspension talk. We all talking football. We all talking football. 
let's see what the Browns do with the receiver. Uh, like I say, due to the to the recent injuries, uh, especially just hitting that position, uh, these could be the sign that's telling the Browns, hey, you need to bring in a receiver. Uh, something was mentioned about Kenny Steele's uh, being added. And uh, to be honest, it's not the worst idea. Uh, Kenny Steele's is virtually Donovan Peoples-Jones um, with his skill set, in my opinion. Uh, he's not a bad receiver. Um, and he could play number two next to Amari Cooper. I don't, I don't think that's wrong. Um, we gonna see how it go though. They might have some more options. They could make a trade. Um, you just you just never know. Um, and before we get off of here, before we get off of here, all right. I just want to say a little bit about the Cavs before we get out of here. Um, because I got to cook dinner, make me a little stir fry tonight, some steaks, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, I do chef it up, so if you ever need a quality chef, feel free to hit D-Trench, you feel me? I'm a multi-talented guy, I can do some things for you. Um, but Cavs, bro, Kobe, Kobe, don't disappoint me, man. And I ain't saying it like, you know, like I'm just all that in the bag of chips and nothing. But, bruh, don't, don't, don't do, don't mess up the reputation the Cavs building by doing something crazy with Colin Sexton. Um, I don't like how they using their leverage against them. But I like calling it fair on both sides. Um, and, and I can't help but keep remembering the fact that the Cavs was willing to pay Colin Saxon $20 million a year last year. Um, and he could have got that easy uh, before last season started. And he would have came in this year, and it just would have been what it was. Yeah, Garland would have got more than you, but you still would have got your $20 million. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I think ultimately, worst-case scenario, you know, sign a two-year deal for like $26 million, $27 million. Do that. It's a two-year deal. Um, you can ask for the player option on the, on the second year. You know what I'm saying? If you like how the Cavs running it, y'all could you could come running back and, and, you know, do it like that. Or, you know, you could opt out and go get your money elsewhere. But at least it leaves you with a guaranteed salary for next year and the option to get more if you want to do something different. Um, and that, that's what I think. Do the two-year, you know, do the two-year $26 million, $27 million deal. Do that. You know what I'm saying? That way you still get some bread because you can't not get no bread. That's the one thing I'm, I'm stressing. Colin, you cannot come out of this with no money. 7.2 is not it. Where this picture come from? I'm not liking how they left my man's up out of there, but I don't know what official site it came from. I don't know. Colin not on the poster. This this feel like Andrew Wiggins all over. Was on one of them cast pages, but I don't know if it was a cat the cast page. I don't know whoever's page or we just wanted like one of them calf centrals or some shit like that. Man, listen, whoever did these graphics is fire. The graphics is fire. I ain't gonna hold you. 
But I don't like how they... Calvin say, I think he has already disappointed you, bro. You know what, Calvin? He probably did, bro. I ain't gonna hold you. He probably did. I mean, listen, I like sex a lot. Um, I don't think it's totally egregious to want him to be the six man. I just feel like, though, he the only clothes on the team. You know what I'm saying? When you don't have a closer, you can't just get it. And that's not saying Evan Mobley can't turn into a closer because he made clutch plays. Not to say that Garland can't turn into a closer because he made clutch plays. Lord Marker didn't make clutch plays. But this Karis LeVert over Sexton thing, I ain't feeling that. Man. I'm not feeling it. I like Karis though. It's not Karis bad. Now, arguably, Harris is a parlor version of Sexton. Bro, the Cavs just don't have a good history of grooming a talent, retaining a talent. And I would hate for Sexton to go somewhere else in the East, and then we have to deal with him. Three times a year for the rest of the sport. Because you know how old players get. What's really Cal? What it do? How you feeling? How's it, how's it going? Can you hear me? Man, yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you pretty good, man. Welcome on D Trent Game Changer Sports Talk on Industry Sports, man. Where you from, bro? Uh, I'm originally from Cleveland, but I live in Texas now. Okay, okay. So you so who who your teams? Let's just ask you who are your teams. Well, I I tune in for most of your Cavs coverage. Um, so I'm I'm definitely a Cavs fan, uh, Buckeye fan. Um, pretty much Ohio sports except for the Browns. Man, I'm a Jaguar fan. Oh, that's cool though. All right, because when the, when they have Mark Brunel and Nick Mings and Jimmy Smith. I mess with them. Right. Yes. When Fred Taylor came, but hey, but, Fred. but hey, that that's what got me hooked. If you remember, that's when the Browns left. That sec that, that when is. that year they got Natron means their second year, mm-hmm. and I, I got hooked on them when they made that playoff run, and you know never looked back. That's what's up. I, listen, I don't blame you. When we uh when they took the Browns from us, I was a Tampa Bay fan. That was my team. All stop work done. Keenan McCardell, you know what I'm saying? They had Lynch. Yeah, all of them. Like that was that was my squad. That's why I ran with mostly because of work done. I watched him in Florida State. You know what I mean? And I was, you know, I'm a running back fan. And he yes, was sir. a guy that kind of reminded me of uh, Eric Metcalf. Yes, sir. You awesome. know what I'm saying? So uh so so you came up here, man. What 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 topics so, you want to get on? No, I, I mean, especially what you was talking about, the Cavs and the um, Colin Sexton situation. I obviously put a comment in there um, where I said I felt like he disappointed. He, I feel like he's already disappointed you. And I think the single biggest factor in that is the uh, Darius Garland um, extension. I think that um, for Colin Sexton to be a restricted free agent, they should have addressed him before – they extended uh, Garland, you know what I'm saying? So, because um, and, and I like I like one of your points that you've made on on Twitter and on other platforms is that 
um, you know, Kevin Love's contract is um, about to expire after this year, right? Or be up after this year. To me, you could have used if if you if they really value Colin, they would have got Colin taken care of this summer, and then when Kevin Love come off the books, then you take care of Garland. So I think that they just. I think they're drawing a line in the cement saying we valuing what we get and we're going to take our chances with you is, is what, is what I'm, is, is what I'm reading. So. Yeah. Kind of. So I'll take to that point. Um, and you know, I've been blasting the Cavs, so I'll, I'll, I'll go on the side of their thinking, um, to what you said. And I, I think about, they tried to extend Colin last year, and he turned it down. You know, the same money he asked for this year, the 20 mil at least, they offered him off top last year, at least 20 mil a year, all right? So you turn that down. When it was Garland time, the diff- I think the biggest difference is not in who's better, but what they're looking for at that starting lead position. They want a guard that can facilitate and stretch the floor. Bottom line. Now, one thing Garland has over Sexton, besides the facilitator, is his handle. His handle is a creative handle. Yeah, he could take you off the dribble and make you fall and do all that. But usually when he comes off that bounce, you know, his every move leads to either him being able to shoot it or being able to pass it. Right. And we do need that. As a, we need we need that at a superior level on this team. I think sex in a way better passer than he gives credit for. But I also think the Cavs think it's easier to replace your scoring skill set than it is to replace this facilitating and shooting skill set. Because not a lot of guys in the NBA shoot and facilitate at a high level. You know what I'm saying? Especially for the lead guard. I mean, we ain't really seen nobody like that since Nash. You know what I mean? Because even CP3, not a shooter, he a scorer. All right. You know what I mean? Uh, we know Russell not. Uh, Curry a shooter, but he's not a facilitator. All right. You know, Dame, you could probably put Dame in there, but yeah. Dame a better facilitator than, than Curry. But he not – who can I think of right now? Uh, he not Trey. Trey Young. I think of Trey, Trey Young. Right. You know what I mean? So – and, you know, so I understand that. And then you got trees down there, Mobley, Allen. Uh, so, Garland, I do understand that Garland, Mobley, and Allen have a very good synergy. Mm-hmm. They play really good together. Um but this Karis, how do you feel about Karis? For me, the jury is still out on him. I'm more so curious to see how he, how he's going to start off the season with with us, you know, versus jumping in after after the trade, coming in mid season like he did. Um, I, 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 you know, I'm still I'm still iffy on him to be quite honest with you. I, 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 I do want to see more from him. Um, from what I saw pre before he left uh, Brooklyn, when he was at Brooklyn, and uh, he, he he was playing some real good ball um, before he got traded, and obviously he had the uh, the health 
uh, issue that they had detected uh, during his physical after he got traded, right? right. So, um, you know, I, I'm waiting to see what happens with him, and I'm also waiting to see what happens with our rookie, you know, um, our, 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 our first Ocha. overall draft pick of Ocha. Ocha. So, yeah. um, you know, and, and that's something else I wanted to bring up with you. Um, I think over the weekend you was mentioning how uh, the how the NBA or the league is laughing at the Cavaliers is one of those franchises that they, you know, may not may laugh at and don't respect. Um, I think there's something there, but I also want to see a franchise make. I'm, I'm gonna say make tough decisions. You know what I'm saying? Colin Sexton scored 20 almost 25 points a season um what i'm not sure what year it was but i do know he averaged 24 and a half one year right so yeah. for me i i feel some i'm gonna say a previous regime in cleveland would have been like no we can't let him go under any circumstances you see what i'm saying um i want to see a franchise make tough decisions even though it may not be Sexton, but I want to see them do that. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and I like them how they're they're clearly drawing a line in the sand, like I said, by signing Garland, prior to, prioritizing Garland over him. And also, the dynamic is at play is that they both got the same representation. They're both represented by Clutch Sports. So I'm like, okay, so... Is Rich that an arrangement like, type of thing? Is that like a, a right? Well, a, not really an arrangement. I'm saying like Rich Paul see Kobe Altman's phone number come up on the cell. He think he calling about sex, and he like, no, we want to talk about your other your other client, Garland. Now he ain't on a trip. He, you know, is is his client getting taken care of? But I just kind of think that I, I, if I'm if I'm Colin, I'm pissed. I'm I'm pissed at. The team I play for, because in my mind, if I'm him, I should have been a priority. If you if you really value me, I should have been a priority. So, I that's what I'm saying. I think they drew the line in the sand, and I telling him in so many words, we don't value you like that. We don't. You know what? It's hard to debate that. You know what I mean? Because of the actions they've shown um, and the way they're going about it, but. I think, me personally, I think it's more about timing and previous decision making versus this is how I truly feel about you. And what I mean is, have Sexton played all the last year, we're probably in the second round of the playoffs. And we're having a different conversation about how Garland and Sexton can play together. We're having a different conversation about what the role is on the team. One of the biggest issues with the Cavs is only three people have a definitive four. No, five. No, four. Four. Only four people have a definitive role. Garland as the shooter and facilitator from the point guard. Evan Mobley as the future uh, cornerstone uh, from the big man. And then Jared Allen as your lead anchor on defense. And then uh, as defense in the paint. And a Coro as your lead defensor on the perimeter. 
That's what I mean. Like only those four guys have like definitive roles. Like you know when they come in what they're doing. Right. Because of that, you still trying to figure out how to properly use a marketer. How to properly use uh you know a love in this situation where Ocha gonna fit. You know, how does Rubio fit in when he come back? Um and when they lost a lot of those players to injury last year, it messed them up to see how they could do that. So I'm saying, like, you know, the timing of it compound with his decision to not take the ex uh, extension last year. And then this offseason, multiple majority of the league being strapped for salary cap cash just played more into the Cavs' leverage. Gotcha. You know what I mean? And we talk about second presidents. And the, Kobe Altman has been a tough negotiator since he's been here. Outside of the Kevin Love deal, you know, and I think that was more of a Dan Gilbert thing. Uh, but outside of his deal, he's been a tough negotiator. Well, I mean, the Kevin Love thing, I mean, I didn't like it when they signed him. But when you look at the timing, that was right after that was obviously Collins' rookie year. Or no, I don't even know. I don't even that know was Colin that was that was the that was the off season he got traded. But that was his, I mean he got drafted, but that was his rookie year. Yes, yes. So I think that they just I think Dan Gilbert wanted to reward Kevin Love was like, dude, I, I I'm going to extend you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm you know this is what I'm going to do. But obviously, I think that was made, bef obviously before the team we have before us today. You know what I'm saying? Because I think that you know uh, Kobe Altman wasn't the GM, but I. I'm pretty sure they wish they had that flexibility salary cap wise today. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, luckily we only got one more year of that contract, right? So, right. you know, um I mean he 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 still plays, right? He just don't start. He, he he for his role, he's doing pretty good. He's just overpaid, right? But he's still playing. Um right. typically your buyouts are for guys that you don't want. You rather ha not see them play, you know what I'm saying? And then they rather want to leave. So then they, because at the end of a buyout, you still pretty much pay the majority of their money, and that money still counts against your salary cap for that year because you still got to pay it. You just nice. basically okay. saying, "I want to free up the roster spot." Okay. That's so. Let me ask: How do you think Karis? And um, marketing will play starting in between Garland because I think that's the lineup they want to do. They want to see Garland with Karis and then the three seven footers. So, how do you think that stacks up? I mean, I, I as long as they stay healthy, I mean, we saw this team get to the second seed last year, right? In, in January, I believe right. they we, to, we got to the All Star break. Yeah, yeah, and and they were like the number two seed. So health, if they stay healthy, I mean, I I, I won't break down how this how it's gonna look on the court. I, I'm thinking we're gonna be a top. We we won't be a play in seed. Let's put it that way. We'll be we'll be one of the top six teams in the Eastern Conference, health wise, because you know that's what we saw last year before injuries. You know, but we, but but, I want you to keep in mind when we projecting this, right? Boston got Malcolm Brogdon mm -hmm. and Danilo Gallinari now. Gotcha. Philly got 
PJ Tucker, you know, right. DeAnthony Milton. Now, you know what I mean? Uh, yes. Detroit is a lot more loaded now on that young team with Jaden Ivey and um, Marvin Bagley and, and uh, Jayla Duran, you know, with Sadiq Bay. Um, Milwaukee is still formidable. And Chris, Chris Middleton going to be healthy this year. You know what I mean? They brought back Bobby Porter. So I agree. I agree. Because if you really look at the Eastern Conference, especially the teams that made the playoffs, out, out of the eight teams that made the playoffs, it's a hard sell to say that, you know, one or two of these teams is going to fall back. Right? Like, you look at Miami, you look at Boston, you look at Milwaukee, you look at Philly, you look at Chicago, you look at Toronto, you look at Brooklyn. Brooklyn's not out of it yet, right? As long as Durant is still a member of that team, Kyrie Irving is still a member of that team, they're still a playoff team until, until, until they, they personnel change. So, until we, not. so I'm not I'm not saying Cleveland don't got a tough hill to climb. You know what I'm saying? Um, but – you know, I but I think I think we will get better. I just don't know. I, I guess you, I, I you know, after what you're telling me, there is room to you know to be concerned about. I guess is what I'm trying to is what I, I feel like what you're trying to say. No, for sure. No, I'm just you know I'm just picking your brain to see where you at with it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Hold on, first though, let me do a welcome to everybody that's in. You know what I'm saying? We streaming on all social platforms. I am D Trent. This is Game Changer Sports Talk on Industry Sports. Got the co-host on with me right now, Calvin Bobo, streaming live from Texas. We appreciate him being on as well. You know what I mean? If you're following us, make sure you subscribe, like, follow, share. You can catch us on Twitter, Twitch, uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, The Works. After the show is over, you can catch it on Anchor or Spotify. Um, Calvin been following us for a minute, so we appreciate having him and glad that he was able to, he felt comfortable to come on and chop it up with us. We're talking Cavs right now. Uh, we're looking at the starting lineups um, as they projected it with Garland, Levert, Parkin, and Mobley, and Allen. And uh, we're just basically chopping it about how they look compared to the rest of the East right now. Um, so, this starting lineup, right? I think that starting five could hold up well. If all those guys play to their potential, that is a pretty vicious starting lineup. Um, you could argue that the defense ain't the best, but however, Karras can do enough with the two seven footers back there. Marketing can do enough with his size, excuse me, and athleticism for his size. And of course, Garland gonna disrupt because he can at least play passing lanes. And I, you know, I tend to believe that the more you play, the better your defense get, it, especially if you try. Um, All right. All right. I guess it'll come down to the bench, which is really like probably like because last year the Cavs had one of the best benches for real, um, barring the injuries. So we're looking at a bench now of Raul Neto. Um, Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio ain't going to probably play till like, I said February, March um, is what I was assuming. Uh, he could come back sooner. Um, but you got Rubio, you got Neto, you got Okoro, uh, Ocha Baji, Lamar Stevens, Dean Wade, Kevin Love, Isaiah Mobley, um, Chetty Osmond still. So 
Um, I now coming out, Kyle, you've been with me for minutes. So I was saying coming into this, they needed a backup defensive big man um, who could at least rebound for sure. Um, they needed a starting three, um, and they needed the defensive point guard um, that could facilitate. Uh, I felt like, you know, it was what they needed. So we got Rubio and Neto. I think that definitely kind of solved a little bit at the point guard position. We drafted Ocha. Now, I assume Ocha can play the three, but after looking at him in summer league, he's definitely a two. Um, You know, now how his body, you know, molds up over the next couple years could tell a lot. Um, But uh, I like, I I think he a two. I think Okoro maybe. I think a coral's a three. I don't think he's a two at all. I agree. I agree. I think he's a three. You know, so I like the idea of you coming in with marketing, come off the bench with a coro. I think that that switch up is real nice. Um, the Kevin Love behind Mobley, I think is real nice. Um, but let me ask you, how do you like Isaiah Mobley? You said Isaiah Mobley? Yeah, I full, full, I haven't seen him yet. I didn't I didn't catch any of the summer league action. So uh I we'll have to save that question. Let me I don't know if there's any uh footage out there on, on YouTube or or whatever, but I haven't seen him yet, so I can't speak to it. So how so I watched quite a few summer league games. I didn't see him more about watched quite a few. Um and first off, Isaiah Mobley could shoot, bro. Like okay. he could, like he could really shoot, and he he a lefty, if I'm mistaken. <laughs> he could really shoot, bro. And for his size, he can dribble. <laughs> now, if I'm looking at if he grow his potential as a dribbler, I ain't saying he could be Lamar Odom, <laughs> but I'm saying he give me those vibes. Gotcha. All right, now, as a rebounder, as a guy who likes playing in the paint, he made it his business to play like that in the in the preseason, and it looked it pretty all right. Um, so, I at first I was a, a guy saying that he would probably be, uh, like compete with Dean Wade for that little role they play, like three slash four. But I think Isaiah Mobley gonna play the five. I think ain't no mystery. He playing the back of five. So you think he makes the Cavs uh, opening day roster? Yeah, uh, I think Chetty. I was saying Chetty and Love, but with all this Collins stuff, I think that's a clear sign that they're going to ride Love and get that thirty million off the books and get something out of him before they let that thirty million go off the books. Um, so, so, so you're predicting you, you you're expecting a Kevin Love midseason trade is what you're saying? But I don't think they're gonna trade him at all. I don't. I think if they don't, if so, this is my love depending circumstances. What happens with the major names? If Durant gets moved, Kyrie gets moved, Russell gets moved, then there is a good chance. How Hollywood said trip and say Evan Mobley a dog and he keep getting better. Um, but I think uh 
I think uh damn I hate when I lose my train of thought like that. Um Kevin Love. Right. Once the big names start moving, then there's a greater chance for him getting moved because I'm pretty sure he wants to win now. Um but I think that's contingent on him doing a restructure of his deal that spreads it out, still gives him money, his money that he was going to get and give him a couple extra dollars. So in my mind, if he did like a, he broke his 30 million down into a three-year deal that ended up being like 45 and you break his 30 million salary down to 15 million a year over three years and give him an extra year, I think that works a little better. You know what I'm saying? I, I, don't think, I don't think I'm gonna pause you on that because I don't think we've ever really encountered those type of restructures in the NBA. This isn't like the NFL. No, because uh, because you only got one year left. This is the only season, so they're not gonna restructure it and basically rip it up and spread it out over three seasons. They they I don't think that works in the NBA collective bargaining agreement. Ain't that how they? Ain't that what, when they traded for Chris Paul? They what they did to Chris Paul? Who? Chris Paul. When he with got his extension, which trade you referring to? When, when he just went to uh, Phoenix. No, he signed an extension. He 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 signed an extension with them. That's the difference. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. No, that, that I appreciate that, Kyle. That's the difference. I got you. I'll follow. Um. So okay. Well then, yeah. So let me just go ahead and be straight. If he don't get traded before in these next couple weeks, Love ain't getting traded because that thirty million coming off the books is just more valuable to the Cavs. I feel like the only way Kevin Love is going to get traded is if a team, a playoff team, encounters an injury in their front court and they need a player like Kevin Love. They it's going to have to be somebody that's going to really value him and want him for their stretch run. I think that's the only way he gets moved. Now, I don't think, that, I don't think the Cavs are still moving him in that. I, I, think, I don't think the Cavs move him in that move. You don't think so? Yeah, because $30 million back to your cap is way more valuable than any trade they can pull off. Yeah, but you you can you can let them you can you can you can trade them for somebody else expiring or a draft pick with the trade exception. I mean, I, there, there's a few tricks they can pull. They don't they don't necessarily have to pull all twenty eight million back, and it's gonna carry over beyond next season. I, I get what you're saying. If that's the case, if, if if a deal doesn't work that way for them to free them up the cap space, then yeah, I think they will hold on to them. I do agree with you on that front. And I say that because let's just say Colin size the qualifying offer, right? So you got Love 30 million or his 29 plus million, Chetty Love, uh Chetty Osman, nine, ten million right. this year, um, Karis Levert's 19 million, and Sexton's seven million will all come off the books. So we looking at 70 million dollars in cap room potentially, plus whatever the salary cap increase is so potentially the Cavs looking at a hundred million in salary cap room with a 40 million dollar that's gonna salary that's gonna kick in in that season but they still got everybody bird rights you know what i'm saying so that's why i'm like if love playing good and it's helping the team they already got ain't no need to trade i don't care what you offer me 
he gonna give me something, and then I'm gonna get get that money back. In my opinion. So would you be pit? Would you would you be upset if Levert is offered an extension on August fifteenth or sixteenth? Because he's eligible. He's eligible for an extension on that date. Yes, because I don't feel like he in the Cavs uniform. He's proved enough. At the same token, though, something you said earlier, um, and you said, I, I'm, I'm, par- I'm paraphrasing into a word, but you're saying they're making decisive decisions. You said hard decisions. I, I, I'm yeah, just saying yeah, decisive. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and to me, that would kind of be a decisive decision. Like I got. I got Mobley knocked in for the next three before I got to resign him. I got Allen knocked in for the next four. I still got um, Garland locked in for the next five. I still got Marketing locked in for the next three. So if I want to lock Karras in for at least the next three, because this is the rotation I want to see, then I, I ain't mad at that. You know what I'm saying? Because that's, to me, that's telling me you know what you want to do. You have roles for these players. Gotcha. Do I like the fact that it leaves out Saxton? Hell yeah, I like the fact that it leaves out Saxton. But like you said, you're showing a mature franchise. You're showing some growth and leadership and some understanding of what you want. So I I, I, could, I could roll with that. Um, but if they give him like a hundred million, oh man, I'm bringing out my pitchforks. Y'all are tripping, bro. <laughs> no, you don't give him no hundred million. You feel me? Right. Uh-uh. Um, what other, what other, what other uh, Cavs topics you want to touch on? Because I'm, I'm definitely enjoying your presence up here, my guy. Uh, I, I appreciate that. Thanks, man. Thanks, thank once again. Thanks for having me. I'm glad you got this open forum. This is pretty awesome. That you know, engage with people all over the the world, if for that oh, matter, yeah, if yeah. if need it be, right? Yeah. But um, man, I mean, you know, I, it's the off season. I mean, we gotta wait for some more moves to transpire. You know, uh, you know, to see, you know, how how things look. Um, I'm I'm surprised. Well, I'm not gonna say I'm surprised, but I think we would get some more clarity if there if there was a team that was serious. And I mean, when I mean by serious, by extending Colin Sexton a offer sheet this this offseason to make sure to to really challenge the Cavs and really find out how the Cavs value him right if somebody signed him to an offer sheet for you know 22 mil per for three four years what what, what are, are the Cavs just gonna let him walk for nothing the Cavs gonna match it the Cavs gonna match it okay see so I so him and DeAndre Jordan was in the same draft I mean I'm sorry DeAndre Ayton him and DeAndre Ayton was in the same draft. DeAndre Ayton was number one. Colin was number eight. You know, that's right. the Luka Doncic, Trey Young, Shea Gildridge, Alexander, Michael Porter, Donovan Mitchell draft. All gotcha. right. Um, and I felt like Deontay, DeAndre Ayton's situation was kind of exactly what was going to happen to um, the Cavs. Because the Cavs cannot let him walk for nothing. You know what I'm saying? I'm with you. They can't let him walk for nothing. So if somebody would have came and said, we're going to give you $22 million, then that would have told the Cavs what his worth is to the league, which might would have told them, okay, we may need to reevaluate. Let's go ahead and, and match this and see if they're going to trade or see if they're going to work a sign and trade. 
Um, but because nobody did, um, and I think you know, I think Utah, I really think Utah could potentially do it. I think if they move Donovan Mitchell, they could potentially go at the Sexton because I feel like they two in the same player. Okay. I'm a, um the only I, I agree with you except for the uh, notion that they can't they can't let Colin walk for nothing. I th- I think they can. I mean they'll have to prove it. They'll have to prove it, and it, it may it could come back to haunt them, right? And when I say by that is, Colin only played eleven games last year, right? Got got hurt in November. We reached the two seat till other injuries caught up with us, right? Um, I, I saw a wild stat on Twitter. Um, I, I, I I don't have it in front of me, but our record with Darius Garland, our record with and without Mobley, and our record with and without um, Jared Allen. And to me, those three are the keys to the success of this team next year, health-wise, health-wise. If those three dudes play 70-plus games, regardless of if Sexton's on the team or not, everybody else going to have to step up. I think this team – if somebody steps up, whether it's Levert, whether it's Ochoa, um, the wild card could be um, Isaac Okoro, whoever, right? Somebody is going to have to step up, and, can, and we won't even think about Colin Sexton. If if we're in the playoffs, we ain't, we're not going to play what if. We're not going to go, man, what if we had Sexton? I'm not saying nobody will. If you're a true Sexton believer, you like Sexton, you may – like, man, we could have been better if we had Sexton. But if we in the playoffs and we show that we're better, I think that validates letting them walk. I, Because I, I, my thinking is if he he shouldn't be in a free agent status, I think that's the risk right there. I think that's the letting him be a restricted free agent is saying, yeah, we don't value you at the price you want. So we're going to let you go out there and flirt. You know what I'm saying? If they don't reach an agreement and he signs that qualifying offer, uh, like during training camp or whatever, and he plays under that um, Seven. that qualifying offer for the season, he is going to be an unrestricted free agent. At that point, we're definitely not getting nothing for him. Now, could they sign him at the? Could they sign him at the um trade deadline? I guess that's a possibility, right? Let me so let me let me so speaking on that right because you said because you 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 brought up two things I wanted to segue to but I'm gonna hit your 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 latter one first. Do you think Colin should play on a qualifying offer and bet on himself again in this system? Because because I see Colin as a starter, but it's a good chance that a lot of teams see him as a six man. So do you think it serves him to just showcase that regardless of what I could play team ball and let his value crease from there or I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I feel like I got to answer your question with the question. Okay. What NBA franchise would sign a player to be a six man at 20 million a year? That doesn't well that okay. 
So with with that question, hold on, hold on. Before week, you answer, hold on. Before you answer, though, I'm not saying that not it hasn't it happened. But what I'm saying is, all, all I'm saying is that because I guess what I'm trying to say is, if he don't perform and he becomes a six man, then that is what it is, right? That's because the player just didn't live up to that contract. But you you're saying that there's there might be teams that view him as a six man. That means no. there's they. He got. They feel he's a six man right now on on their team, and I'm just asking the question. That's not worth paying somebody close to twenty mil or more per season. Well, I can't agree with that because Anthony Simons for Portland is a six man, and he just got twenty five million a year. Is he is is he still going to be a six man? Isn't he slated to be the starting two guard? He, you know what. He may be, um, but hey, he better be for twenty five million. He best be starting. So I don't. So listen, right? I don't look at it like that because I'm a I'm a role guy. I like people having defined roles, right? Um, and with this new CBA or this new year CBA for the NBA. An an NBA team has to spend so much money of the salary cap. Gotcha. gotcha. Yes. They have to. You know, and it's steadily increasing. So, yeah, Jordan Clarkson and Kyle Kuzma as six mans make about 13 and 14 million a year. But on their next contracts, that's not what it's going to be. They're going to get about 20 million a year because the salary cap is going to increase. They're going to have to spend so much money. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha, so gotcha. 20 million a year for a 22-year-old to be my sixth man for a few years. And when he come off this contract, he's going to literally be in his prime. I don't see nothing wrong with that, especially when I know, bro, on my team, you're going to play 30 minutes. I know for a fact when I need scoring, you're going to play. When I need to close the game, you're going to play. So okay. you're getting paid for your role and not necessarily what I'm labeling you as. That, that's a real good example. And I appreciate that because I'm looking at their roster they're, they're, from a salary cap perspective, referring to Portland, and I see where you're going with that. It does make sense, right? Because because I'm going to be honest with you. When I look at this lineup, I, I see I see Lillard, I see Simons, I see Jeremy Grant, I see uh, Nurkic, I see Josh Hart, I see Gary Payton II. So, so this is my thing about, wait, wait. So with Simons, right? With Simons, right? We know for a fact that Simons not a defender. He a scorer. So is Dame Lillard. But Peyton Jr. is a defender. Right. So I think Peyton Jr. is going to play the two. I think Josh Hart's going to play the three. Gotcha. And Jeremy Grant going to play the four. But to that point, though. I can see Sim- Simons starting, but I can see Gary Payton finishing the game from from a def- from a defensive standpoint. defensive standpoint. And plus, he used to play that six man off the bench. Well, he get like he getting like three years, twenty eight million. That's definitely bench money. So as that 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 that's you know that's bench money. I, I agree. I agree. But what I'm saying is, if for some reason Gary Payton's exceeding his value. And what I'm saying is, if he if if he's showing 
that no, you need to put me on this court as much as possible. I feel like he can steal minutes from that dude. From Simons? Yes. Yeah, because and, I think Simons is is like the heir apparent. Gotcha. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. He he's he's the second or third score. So with and I'm thinking about Chauncey, right? Because Chauncey the coach. In my mind, he was try he would try to build uh, a Detroit-esque type team. So you got Nurkic down there, who has skills. Um, then you got Jeremy Grant down there. So you got somebody who spread the floor from the paint and somebody who can actually play in the paint. All right? You know what Dame Lillard going to do. So it's about your wing guys. Shaden Sharp out. He would have If he would have played, he probably would have started. You know what I'm saying? But Shaden Sharp is a rookie, probably look better coming off the bench anyway. Um, but you know what, though, bro? You know, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go with you that Simon's probably going to start. For that $25 million, I, I can't debate that. You got to start for $25 million. You got to start. Yeah, I, 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 can't, I can't look at somebody as a six-man and say, okay, I'm going to give you 20 plus mil. I'm sorry. I, you, you, I'm paying you that much. You, you, I, I gotta be projecting you as a starter. But so, okay. So how do you view the six man position though? Cause I think that has a lot to do with how people pay it. I mean, I view it as, as I mean, it's the first guy off the bench, right? It's a very important position. I get okay. it. It's, it's, it's a, it's a significant role, but I, I just, I, I just I, I just think right now that's I, I just can't pay somebody that much. I I, I think I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I feel like you can find a six man for cheaper versus saying, okay, I'm a now if I'm retaining you, that's a different story. Like Portland retain this guy. But going back to Colin as a free agent, if I'm if I'm whatever team, I don't I don't know what's a good team that would um let's let's say Charlotte. Let's go with Charlotte, right? I can't I can't picture Charlotte going, yeah, we like you, but we want you to come off the bench. We think you're gonna be a good punch with our second unit. And if there's an injury, bam, we good to go. Here's $24 million. I, I just I just I, I feel like that is it's that team's responsibility for to find that six man, whether it's via the draft or free agency, and, and identify that six man for less than that much, less than that money. That's 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 my philosophy if I'm a GM trying to build a team. So I look at I look at the six man. Oh yeah, we're gonna go ahead and start to wrap this up too. Okay. Um I look at the six man as an additional starter. Um, I don't look at the six man as the leader of the I look at him as the leader of the bench, but I first and foremost, he is my additional starter because a quality six man will play almost 30 minutes a game. His you know, it depends on what his role is. For this Cavs team particularly, your six man should be a scorer. Period. Because you want Garland to facilitate. Mobley gonna grow as a passer from his position. He's a pretty good passer. Uh, Karras is a pretty decent passer. You know, 
of Allen and marketing do enough. So my second, my guy off the bench, because this is a Cavs problem, is they bench unit don't score. So for the Cavs, my sixth man has to be able to get bucket. You know what I mean? And uh, for me personally, like I say, my sixth man has to be a guy that's an extended starter. Because if I only have to play six players, he's playing in any situation. That's how I look at it. And a guy who can put up buckets going to definitely play in any situation. Because I don't care how much defense you put down, you still got to score. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. That's a good way of looking at it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But, Cal, it was a pleasure having you on here, bro. You know what I'm saying? I, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate the subscription, the follows, the tuning in, the feedback. Always feel free to come up on the platform anytime. You can inbox me or send if you got some subjects and stuff or tag me. Feel free to do that, bro. We can chop it and, you know what I'm saying, bring that to the platform too. No um, doubt. No doubt. And make sure you all follow my man, Calvin. Um, whatever platform he on that you've seen, make sure you follow him. You know what I'm saying? Show him some love. Uh, thank you all for tuning in today. D-Trent, Game Changer Sports, talk on industry sports. Like I say, when we stream live, we stream on all social platforms. That's YouTube, Twitch. We on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, post show, you can catch the recordings. Uh, post it up on Anchor, Spotify, Google Public, uh, 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 Google Podcast, Radio Public, and, and various other streaming platforms. But it's a pleasure to have y'all. It's always a pleasure to have y'all. Please be careful. Love, you know, stay in touch with your loved ones, man. You know what I'm saying? The world crazy out here. Make sure, you know, if you got people you ain't touched base with in a minute, man, hit them up. See how they doing. You know what I'm saying? You never know what's going to go on in this world. But I want everybody to stay safe, stay blessed. And I look forward to chopping with y'all next time, man. Yeah? All right. All right. All right. Have a good one.